There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in 10 and branch microfiber. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories, sort of a morning version, Coffee with Cannon. I thought it was important uh, to go on the air today uh, because this story in the Bronx of these uh, 4-4 precinct cops getting pelted uh, with bottles, it hasn't uh, happened in vain. It's causing a chain reaction of politics, and that's good. It's getting attention because politicians are basically cowards. So they'll pretend that this is about something else, but this is the catalyst that brought on all these other stories. In fact, today at 11 a.m., Governor Hochul is giving a press conference about guns. What does she know about guns? You know what she's going to talk about? She's going to talk about ghost guns, which has nothing to do with the guns or the shooting problem in New York City. But she needs a smokescreen. Because bail reform is starting to bite her little ass. And she doesn't like it. You know what I mean? So she's going to make up some story. And I hear the DA's offices are all going out the night for crime. And they're trying to preach ghost guns are the problem. Has nothing to do with it. You're trying not to lock people up. You know what has everything to do with gun crime? The person that pulls that trigger. All right? Not the iron pipeline. Not ghost guns. The, the ghost, the guy who pulls the damn trigger, that's everything to do with it, all right? But yesterday, uh, Mayor Adams with the executive, uh, the executives of the NYPD, including Kichan Sewell, the police commissioner, and the top rung of the NYPD, had a press conference basically about bail reform. So hopefully they'll keep this out there in the news because the call he sees, the speaker up in Albany, and the Stewart Cousins all represent the Bronx, which has some of the biggest gun problems in this city. They're not going to be able to ignore this, nor will the city council be able to ignore this diaphragm law, this disastrous diaphragm law. I want to just play what was the catalyst, what is the catalyst to all these stories going on. And we have the 4-4 cops uh, to thank for this, even though they were the recipient of some bad actors Look, sometimes good things happen through bad actors. And let, let's let's watch. This was this is what happened to the four four cops. Those thrown at them while trying to make an arrest. It happened on Sunday after the Bronx Dominican Day Parade wrapped up. CBS 2's Lisa Rosner has more now from the Grand Concourse. A crowd is seen yelling at officers as a man is walked away in handcuffs around 7.30 Sunday night at East 168th Street and Sheridan Avenue in the Bronx. The NYPD says officers were responding to a large group gathered there drinking, playing loud music, blocking the sidewalk and being disorderly. From this video, seconds later, it appears one officer comes back and throws another man to the ground and tensions escalate. The man in the yellow is seen punching a cop and then several... Glass bottles are thrown at officers. Video from another vantage point shows the person in yellow running away. There are more cops here. They were doing their job. I think uh, 
some people don't live in this area. It's pretty dangerous. So usually people just stay inside. Police say officers approached one individual who tried to flee. Turns out he had a loaded firearm on him, and that's when officers tried to disperse the crowd. To think that people would think it's acceptable to throw anything at a police officer is outrageous. The police union tweeted, not shocking anymore, and that's a problem. NYC police officers are seeing this on a daily basis and added it needs more support from the justice system. We're going to identify the people who are responsible for that. We're going to bring them to justice. For me watching the video, that's a plot against the police. Greater staffing resources would have assisted in that particular situation. The NYPD is experiencing a monstrous amount of attrition in relation to officers leaving. The NYPD released these photos of seven individuals ages 20 to 25 they are asking the public to help them find. Police say this group is responsible for throwing the glass and one person did sustain cuts to their face and had to be taken to a hospital. In the Grand Concourse section of the Bronx, Lisa Rosner, CBS 2 News. If that doesn't bother you as a citizen of New York City, I don't know what will. And one of the things in this incident is that what, they were sent to that that corner because of disorder, a disorderly group. So they were sent there for the people of the Bronx to protect them because there was this group blocking traffic, being disorderly, throwing bottles, drinking, loud radios, all of the above. So they were sent there. That's called policing, all right? While they were there trying to bring back order to that corner, they discovered a male with a gun. It's not a ghost gun. It's not the iron pipeline. It's called a Bronx illegal gun, a firearm in the hand of a perp. He gets locked up. Will the Bronx DA prosecute him? I don't know. I don't know. That's the problem. That's the problem. And you know something? You saw the chief on the air saying we're going to bring these people to justice. Okay. Okay. You, you, you locked them up. Now, what is going to be the justice? Are they going to go to jail? We know with this bail reform and with it's just we don't know what's going to happen to them. They could be out the next day. You know, we discussed some of this yesterday. And the reason I'm keeping this story alive is because there's a lot of corruption here. We got the George Soros corruption. Who's putting infusing his money into these DA elections specifically for Alvin Bragg of Manhattan DA's office, gave a million dollars to. That's corruption in my mind. Why does a billionaire get to decide the outcome of an election with his money? But And then Alvin Bragg is doing the bidding of George Soros. Pathetic, just pathetic. I want to show how this potentially, this incident where these Bronx cops got bottles thrown at them could be the catalyst for change. And I think it's very important because this could change a lot of things. And look, maybe they'll, we'll look back in a few months and say those Bronx cops are the ones that precipitate, precipitated this change because of bottles being thrown at them. An inhumane, an inhuman act, uh, having bottles thrown at them. But you know something? Maybe it will change, help to change things. You know, the other thing is, is that all these cops that have to go to these dangerous jobs, they're doing it with a minimum of manpower. 
cops are fleeing this job left and right for greener pastures. Other police departments retiring early or just quitting outright. So these cops are at a disadvantage. They're responding with little or no backup. I spoke yesterday about back in the day, we might might have had street crime out there. Street crime would have responded and backed those guys up and cleaned that corner up like you wouldn't believe. But you know something? There's no more street crime also because of politics. These politicians are destroying this city. Just absolutely destroying this city. The officials took to the podium today to say our current criminal justice system simply isn't working. Yeah, recidivism rates are up and courtrooms are now becoming revolving doors for repeat offenders. Morgan Mackay joining us live now from One Police Plaza with the latest reforms that local leaders are pushing for. Morgan. Lori and Teresa, Mayor Eric Adams once again attacking York's bail laws, placing the blame for the rise in crime entirely on the back of these reforms that were first passed in 2019. Our criminal justice system is insane. Mayor Eric Adams not holding back on his strong criticism of the state's bail laws, saying that it's failing to keep recidivists in pretrial detention. It is dangerous, it is harmful, and it's destroying the fabric of our city. Recidivists are driving crime in New York City, according to the mayor and NYPD officials. The mayor outlines what he called the worst of the worst criminals. 716 individuals, the NYPD says, are responsible for 30% of shooting incidents in New York City since 2021. 54% of these individuals have an open felony. New York remains the only state that prevents judges from considering the threat to public safety when making custody determinations. The mayor and police commissioner have repeatedly called for state lawmakers to add a clause to New York's bail laws that would allow a judge to determine a defendant's dangerousness when setting bail. But this so-called dangerousness clause has been a non-starter for state lawmakers who refuse to take up the measure. And advocates say this discretion has led to racism. The crisis impacts mostly black and brown people and low-income people. That's who's in jail. The mayor says 80% of people who are arrested on gun charges this year are currently not in custody. But state lawmakers just recently... So 80% of the people arrested for guns this year are currently not in custody. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. So basically... All these left-wing politicians, ghost guns, the iron pipe, they're all full of shit. This is the problem. They're not incarcerating criminals with guns. The trigger puller. Let's talk about, because I guarantee you, at 11 o'clock today, when Governor Hochul does her press conference, she's going to do a tap dance around the real issues, and she's going to say, ghost guns are the problem. The other night, they had some night out of crime up in Washington Heights, and I have some inside information that they were people that work for the DA's office were told to tell the crowd, this is all a problem of ghost guns. Is that the political language they're using? No. You know what the problem is? Is trigger pullers. Trigger pullers. That's the big problem. Passed changes to the bail laws, making gun charges bail eligible. Governor Kathy Hochul says that judges are the ones who are not using all the tools in their toolbox and should be educated on recent bail reform changes. But Adams disagreed, saying that while bail reform should remain intact, a dangerousness standard is crucial to stopping the surge in crime. This is not an attack on righteous reforms. This is an attack on those who are exploiting the reforms. 
Another confusing part about all of this is that the mayor and the governor keep saying that they're on the same page on this issue. But then when asked, they lay out different responses and different visions for it. They even said again today that they were on the same page. And it puts Hochul in a tight spot considering she's facing an election in just a couple months. Reporting live from lower Manhattan, I'm Morgan Mackay, Fox 5 News. Teresa, back to you. All right, Morgan, thank you. You know, the, the whole thing is, is that Adams is a Democrat, Hochul is a Democrat, everyone in power in Albany is a Democrat. They're all trying to do a tap dance and sing Kumbaya together. But guess what? You cannot be all be on the same page. There's, there are people out there that have been arrested five times this year for a loaded gun. Five times, and they're out on the street outrageous that is outrageous and oh you were on the same page you should bring that up to Hochul in a public press conference and see how she tap dances around that I just cannot wait to hear what she's going to say at 11 o'clock I guarantee you she's going to talk about ghost guns which has little or nothing to do with it but politically it's easy to talk about it's so easy to talk about the police in our town are under siege they cannot do their job and it's easy to point at the police. Guess what? They're understaffed, undermanned, undertrained. They're all new. All the cops are new. I, I cringe for those poor Bronx cops. And you know something? They did one hell of a job on that corner, considering the backup they had, the support they had, that sergeant controlled the whole his cops. And you know something? I'm guaranteeing they'll get CCRB complaints. They'll get all kinds of complaints because that's the climate that these cops are working in. That's the climate. These young kids, if they would have had cops 10 years ago, they would have had the shit slapped out of them. And guess what? They wouldn't do that again. But, oh, my God, I'm so radical saying that. You need some street justice, you know? Look, I'm not NBC. I'm not CBS. This is police off the cuff, real crime stories. And I'm going to tell it like it is, all right? These kids have never experienced street justice. They've never experienced tough policing. Because guess what? The cops are not allowed to be tough out there. They got cameras on them. Did you see the, the morons out there with their cameras narrating what was going on? From their point of view, of course. There should also be a law that you shouldn't be able to be within, let me give it a concern, 15 yards of the police when they're taking action. And if you do break that, it should be obstruction of governmental administration. That's what should happen. But you know something? This is a anti-police society we are in. We got the, the whole defund the police thing. We got the, this diaphragm law. It's just, it's just totally outrageous. I want to bring something else up because, you know, when you talk about an outrageous, outrageous incident, how could you think of anything else but the, the, the cop that was attacked on the subway? And I say attacked. Can you imagine that? Back in the day, you were attacked. No, no, no. Once someone lays their hand on you, now you become the aggressor. But cops now are afraid to put their hands on these mopes. And, and this, this was one of the most disgusting police incidents I've ever witnessed in my entire police career. Again, two cops punched several times, assaulted by a teenager who was fair hopping. I'm with news reporter NJ Burkett, live at the scene on the Upper East Side. NJ. Right, Bill, this incident happened on the Lexington Avenue line at the 125th Street subway station. Officers say they spotted the teen jumping a turnstile, confronted him about it, and then apparently asked him to leave the subway station. They say he refused to do that, 
and what happened next was captured on cell, on cell phone video. Officers say the teen turned on them in a rage, and for several minutes, it was pandemonium in the 125th Street Station. He could be seen throwing punches and landing punches as the officer struggled to arrest him. He will eventually be subdued and taken into custody and then released within 24 hours without posting bail. MTA Chairman Jano Lieber. I don't understand how the law would permit that guy to be released. When he has two priors, he's already out on the street for, to have him immediately released for that attack on a police officer, I don't get it. I know our riders don't get it. Police officials say the officers were attacked after they spotted the teen jumping the turnstile with his girlfriend, that he lashed out at them after they told the couple to leave the subway station. One of two attacks on NYPD transit officers this past weekend. NYPD Transit Chief Jason Wilcox told MTA board members that assaults on his officers have skyrocketed this year. In many cases, while officers were attempting to enforce so-called quality of life infractions. We have seen over a 55% increase in assaults on police officers this year. The majority of these assaults on police officers began as the officers were engaging persons who had committed fare evasion and or other quality of life violations on the trains and stations. In the Harlem incident, Police say the same teen had two recent prior arrests, including one case where he was arrested with several others in possession of a loaded 40 caliber gun and a crossbow. The criminals underground know they can get in a brawl, choke a cop, and be back out in hours, said PBA President Patrick Lynch. Cops are putting ourselves on the line to make the subway safer, but we are feeling abandoned by a justice system that won't back us up, end quote. Matthew Rue shot the video. I just want to make sure, you know, there was a witness for anything that happened that shouldn't have happened and anything that could have happened that didn't happen. The officers were later treated for cuts and bruises and released. Police sources tell me that the entire incident was captured on the officer's body cams and that, in fact, those body cam videos show the officers trying to de-escalate the situation before the teen started throwing punches. The pathetic thing about that incident, there's a lot of pathetic things about that incident. What one big thing was after the fact, that little mope that was arrested, he was released. He was treated as a juvenile. That's another gift that Andrew Cuomo gave to uh, the, the people of the city of New York. He, he raised the age of accountability from 16 to 18. So now if someone less than 18 commits a uh, a felony designated type felonies uh they have to be treated as a juvenile and go to uh, family court that's the gift that andrew cuomo left besides him leaving in disgrace he gave that gift to us all right so if you're not in the crime game you would you would know but uh perps between the age of 16 and 18 commit a huge amount of the percentage of crime in this city. So Cuomo, uh, again, uh, maybe he was writing his book that day and he wasn't thinking he was making his five million on the public's dime and he didn't think of, uh, of what he was actually doing. But um, that's what he was doing. So uh, Cuomo, uh, thank you for that gift you gave us. So the guy who attacked the cop in the subway was out on a gun charge. He got caught with a loaded gun, a loaded illegal gun, not a ghost gun, not the iron pipeline gun that they talk about all the time, an illegal gun he was caught with. And guess what? He was released 
by Alvin Bragg. You know, Alvin and the Chipmunks. That's he, he, he released him. Pathetic. And Alvin Bragg justified releasing this guy. The guy attacked a cop. Did you see that, Alvin? Watch that. Put that on your put that on your TV and watch it. And then tell me that why that kid should be treated kid. Why he should be treated as a juvenile. He did an adult crime. Adult crime. You know, and then you know something, the hits continue to, to keep happening. Uh you know, I, I, I keep playing this incident, and it happened a while ago. And if you want to talk about uh, just the definition of why the diaphragm law is horrendous, this video depicts it. And the cops, luckily, in this incident, walked away with their lives and were not killed because they certainly were put in a position that they could have been killed. And this is thanks to the New York City Council, uh, a council that passed this diaphragm law without conferring with any criminal justice experts, academics, uh, judges, lawyers. They conferred with no one and they just passed it. That's, it shows the arrogance of these people. This is an encounter happened in the 2-5 precinct. And watch the cops and watch the disadvantage that the, the cops are at. All of a sudden, he realizes there's no there's no knee in my back. Flips over. He's not complying. He knows he's got a gun in his waistband. They don't know. Now, look, the female cop wants to pull a gun, and then she realizes, I can't shoot this guy. What good is the gun in your hand? It's a disadvantage at that point. And I applaud her. She did a great job. And now he starts to run away. Guess why? Because they couldn't put their knee in his back. They didn't want to be charged with a misdemeanor. The city council did that. Now this, this guy knows he's got a gun in his waistband. They don't know it. They don't know it yet. Look, the, the male cop, he's afraid to, look, that should have been a mat slam, you know? And I'm not criticizing the male cop. He did a fantastic job under the parameters and the rules of engagement that he's at. He did a fantastic job. Now the, the backup comes. Excellent, right? Look, you can see they're standing on the side as they were trained to do by the police academy. It's a joke. Let's let's give advantage perp. There we go. There's the gun. There's the gun, city council. <clears throat> you see that gun? It's not a ghost gun. It's a New York City illegal gun. See that? There you go. How many cops does it take to take down one perp? Well, now, with the diaphragm law, four, five, six, seven. Back in the day, it could be one or two. But you know something? You did this. New York City Council did this. You know? New York City PBA, great job by our two five precinct members, but this arrest could have ended much differently. New York City Council's diaphragm law forces cops. We discussed what it does to the cops. Outrageous, outrageous, and the cops have to work within these parameters. Just, just totally disgusting. Uh, it, it, it's just, you know, I, I want to show another, just another angle of that, of the, the assault on the cop on the subway, because the more you watch it, the more you realize that this, this is a metaphor for where the city's going. If, if some criminal in the subway will attack a cop like that, what will he do? What will he do to a regular civilian? I'd like to know that. If he's going to attack a cop in the subway, I, I don't know. What's he going to do? What is he going to do to a regular civilian? Uh, 
I just, I, I just can't. It, it's just outrageous. And I know, let me, I just want to play it again. Cause I, I don't think you can get this into your head more. So I want to play it more. Here's subway crime in New York city, city wide up 2% uh, crime in New York city is subway up 55% transit system in the country and attacks against cops on subways are up by a huge amount as we saw this weekend two cops punched several times assaulted by a teenager who was fair hopping i was news reporter nj burkett live at the scene on the upper east side nj right bill this incident happened on the lexington avenue line at the 125th street subway station officers say they spotted the teen jumping a turnstile confronted him about it and then apparently asked him to leave the subway station. They say he refused to do that. And what happened next was captured on cell, on cell phone video. Officers say the teen turned on them in a rage. And for several minutes, it was pandemonium in the 125th Street station. He could be seen throwing punches and landing punches as the officer struggled to arrest him. He will eventually be subdued and taken into custody and then released within 24 hours without posting bail. MTA Chairman Jan Lieber. I don't understand how the law would permit that guy to be released. When he has two priors, he's already out on the street for, to have him immediately released for that attack on a police officer, I don't get it. I know our riders don't get it. Police officials say the officers were attacked after they spotted the teen jumping the turnstile with his girlfriend, that he lashed out at them after they told the couple to leave the subway station. One of two attacks on NYPD transit officers this past weekend. NYPD Transit Chief Jason Wilcox told MTA board members that assaults on his officers have skyrocketed this year. In many cases, while officers were attempting to enforce so-called quality of life infractions. We have seen over a 55% increase in assaults on police officers this year. The majority of these assaults on police officers began as the officers were engaging persons who had committed fair evasion and or other quality of life violations on the trains and stations. In the Harlem incident, police say the same teen had two recent prior arrests, including one case where he was arrested with several others in possession of a loaded 40 caliber gun and a crossbow. The criminals underground know they can get in a brawl, choke a cop and be back out in hours, said PBA President Patrick Lynch. Cops are putting ourselves on the line to make the subway safer, but we are feeling abandoned by a justice system that won't back us up, end quote. Matthew Rue shot the video. I just want to make sure, you know, there was a witness for anything that happened that shouldn't have happened and anything that could have happened that didn't happen. The officers were later treated for cuts and bruises and released. Police sources tell me that the entire incident was captured on the officers' body cams and that, in fact, those body cam videos show the officers trying to de-escalate the situation before the teen started throwing punches. So, folks, I don't think you can really see that that attack on that transit cop enough times. There's many, many things wrong with it. John Donahue, thank you so much for the $49.99 Super Chat. Why not have these lawmakers go through the train to show them firsthand what the cops are facing? You know, John Donahue, that would seem like a great idea, but the arrogance of these people, uh, they're so arrogant that they don't, it doesn't matter to them. They really don't care about what these cops are going through. They really don't. And they care more about the politics of, 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 of their neighborhoods and the, the you know, we, 
we spoke about last night all the things that have hurt the police. And the number one thing, of course, was the, um, you know, the incident with, that led to defunding the police, the George Floyd incident, of course, which so hurt the police, not just in that jurisdiction, but nationally. All of a sudden, the police nationally became the bad guys, you know, and uh, it's something that we have to keep living with, you know, and there's many people, even in government, that are anti-police. And this whole new philosophy that comes from George Soros and at least um, four out of the five district attorneys in the counties in this city, uh, this decarceral, not to prosecute. Uh, not to put people in jail, not to put people in prison, but rather alternative forms of, uh, let's call it, it's not even sanctions. It's alternative uh, a course of, it's not, it's really not punishment. They want everyone to get services, psychological services, alcohol and drug services. No, I think that they need to get punished. If there's no teeth in the law, People that break the law will just keep breaking the law. We had the woman on last night that was arrested 100, 100 times for larceny. 100 times. Think if you own a business and this lady comes in and she just steals with impunity. How can, you, how can your business survive? The answer is it cannot. And it, it's, just, it's just outrageous and, you know... I can't, I can't underline this stuff more. It's when we spoke about, and um, we obviously uh, people that came on the job in the eighties, the seventies, the nineties, the we were children of broken windows policing where we were taught that if you concentrate on the lower level crimes and make it uncomfortable for someone to commit a lower level crime, so then they won't graduate to the next level of crime. And maybe they'll stop committing crimes because it's uncomfortable to do that. And it worked. In 30 years, we brought crime down 70, 70% in 30 years. Unprecedented. So unprecedented that every, almost every single police jurisdiction in the nation went to some form of ComStat. I don't know what they're doing now because Comstat requires all the components of the criminal justice system to be hitting on all cylinders. And right now, the district attorney's office is not clicking. They are not prosecuting. So what good is it if the NYPD arrests someone and the district attorney's office just snubs it and just, you know, gives them some alternative sanctions, you know? If you don't know in corrections, there's two types, they call it deterrence, right? What, what deters from people from committing crimes? And one thing is called general deterrence and the other is called specific deterrence. And if I can give an example, someone goes into a store with a gun and sticks up the store and gets arrested. That's a robbery first degree with a firearm. If that person gets slammed with a, a sentence of 12 and a half years to 25 because he's got prior criminal history, 
then the person out there hears about this and is like, I'm not going to do a crime like that. I think I get 12 and a half to 25. And that would be called general deterrence. You're, you're deterring people from committing crimes with the other arm of the criminal justice system, the district attorney's office, which prosecutes. But that's, that arm is missing. That's, you cut that arm off because they're not prosecuting. Uh, Alvin Bragg thinks it's, uh, it's okay to send someone to a program when they did a robbery first degree. In fact, when he came into office, he had a 10-point program. And one of them he was thinking of, and I think he was chilled by Hochul, because she's really more just concerned about getting elected in November. He talked about prosecuting a, on a robbery first degree as a misdemeanor. A, a robbery first degree with a firearm he spoke about prosecuting it as a misdemeanor. Outrageous, outrageous. If you've ever had a gun stuck in your face, you can attest to how terrifying that is. Yet this district attorney, fresh off the Soros million, is going to tell you that, nah, that's not that, that's not that serious. If he doesn't shoot you, let's, we're going to make it, we're going to make that an a misdemeanor. Nah, you're okay. You didn't get shot, you know? So, uh, you know, something we're not going to, um, we're not going to prosecute that as a felony because, you know, it's not that bad. You know, it's not that bad having a gun stuck in your face. You're all right. You know, what, what happened to you, you know? And then, you know, something this perp really needs some programs. His mother didn't show him love when he was a child. So, uh, you know, uh, we're not going to prosecute this. We're going to let him out. You know, uh, I want to play a little bit of this. This is um, the detective's endowment, President speaking on the Fox 5. Statistics compiled by the NYPD revealed that the city's 10 alleged worst offenders racked up nearly 500 arrests after New York's bail reform law went into effect in 2020. Yeah, many of them are still out on the streets. Mayor Adams and NYPD officials took to the podium yesterday to say our current criminal justice system isn't working. Our criminal justice system is insane. It is dangerous, it is harmful, and it's destroying the fabric of our city. Recidivism rates, they are up as courtrooms become revolving doors for repeat offenders. Law enforcement officials say some cases involve suspects wanted for serious crimes like homicide and other felonies. Joining us this morning, Paul Giacomo, president of the Detectives Endowment Association. Nice to have you back on Good Day, Good New morning. York. I'm sorry that we have to keep talking about the same <laughs> thing. Yes, it's a problem. Well, there's a direct correlation between the bail reform laws being enacted and the uptick in violent crime in New York City and New York State. That's a fact. So why isn't Albany coming together? You had Governor Hochul who said she's not calling back uh, these people, uh, assembly and speakers, to, to come back and, and basically revisit bail reform. You got Carl Hasty, who's the speaker of the assembly, tweeting out. This is what he tweeted mm -hmm. out in the last 24 hours. I'm scratching my head regarding the mayor's recollection of conversations we've had to date. We've received no data from the mayor or his team. I think he's talking about, you know, repeat offenders. Mm -hmm. My most He received no data? Isn't it his job to stay up on the data? Do they have to send him the data? He should be removed. Let's get data. One speaker removed because he's not staying up on the crime data in his, in his area of constituency. He, he, he's waiting for the NYPD to send him the data? No. 
Maybe you should be removed because you're not up on the data. This recent exchange with him was about my dismay that he claims to have data that vastly differs from what they have. Well, he should be scratching his head on the amount of murders that are up in his district. They're up 60 percent. Rapes are up 43 percent. Robberies are up 37 percent. Burglaries are up 17 percent. That's what he should be scratching his head about. Yeah, and his he just uh, Paul the Giacomo just cited the statistics in Carl Heasty's area of constituency, and it's up unbelievably. And he, he's waiting for the NYPD to send him the stats. No, it, the fact that you don't know the stats, you should be unelected. You should be removed. And he should open his eyes and realize that the bail reform laws that he was part of enacting are not working. How much more time do we have to go and how many more people have to get killed before they realize that these bail reforms are dangerous for our city and state? Well, let's talk about these bail reform laws, because there have been reports, right, that there are a small percentage of bad actors that are the ones that are re-offending. The majority of the other folks that are out are doing the right thing, per se, for lack of better wording. How do we find a middle ground? It's very simple. No one wants to see a young time, a young man, a woman, first offender uh, being held in jail. Nobody wants that. But there has to be a distinction between the good people that make mistakes and the people that are going to be recidivists and victimize the people of our city and our state on a regular basis. Well, let's talk about that as well, because you mentioned the McDonald's worker mm-hmm. when we were in the break, right? Someone who had committed multiple crimes, apparently long right. lengthy rap record. He should have been in jail. He's had a long record of prior gun arrest, prior shootings. And this poor child is dead over nothing. Yeah. And then you also have the bodega worker who had. That's the uh, guy on the screen being perp walked. He shot a McDonald's worker because the guy's mother's French fries were cold. This is the mentality we're dealing with in this city. And they're allowing predators like this guy to roam the streets because they don't believe in locking people up and putting them in jail. They believe in sending them to programs had to defend himself, that person also had a lengthy record. What's that uh, middle ground? The mayor is calling on a judge to have the discretion, but then you have other folks who say when they did have the discretion, it led to racism and minorities getting lengthier sentences. That's that's something that has to be uh, straightened down in the criminal justice system. But judges need discretion to keep dangerous felons and recidivists in jail. They don't have that discretion now. And these people just walk out quicker than we finish our paperwork. There are some days in the uh, detective squads right now where uh, you have more defendants or perpetrators in the cell in the detective squad than we do have detectives working. Let's talk about detectives working because you have a problem with manpower right now. What's going on there? Well, we're very low on manpower. In 2001, we had 7,300 detectives. Right now, we're down to about 5,300. And there are a lot more investigative steps we have to take now than we did before. What's the problem? Why are are people uh, demoralized? They don't want to be you know, stay in the the force? What's going on? Well, you know, because of the laws that have been enacted up in Albany and here in the city council with the diaphragm compression bill and the vaccine mandate, uh, people are leaving in droves and it's not in the best interest of the people of the city. Let's talk about crime. Why are we seeing such an uptick? Is it because of inflation? Because people are really feeling the pinch? They don't have money? What is the problem? It's because the criminals feel emboldened because of the laws that have been enacted and a lack of support for the police on a city, state, and federal level. 
What do you say to people who are living in these communities, right? Because I'm from one where the crime is just perpetual. It's happening all the time. They don't care about who the mayor's arguing. They don't care about what's going on in Albany. They just want it to stop. Well, you need to, you know, do away with some of these laws that were enacted. Uh, the city council enacted a law that makes it virtually impossible for a, a police officer or a detective to lock up a non-compliant prisoner. They, that's the diaphragm compression bill, where when you're fighting with an individual that's resisting arrest, you can't put any pressure from the bottom of the neck to the top of the waist, front and back. That's impossible. And I challenge any city council person to try to arrest someone that's non-compliant without violating the law that they created. The Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, a lot of people have been pointing fingers at him. Is he to blame or do you think he's just following the rules? Well, I think it's uh, it's not just him. I think there's multiple DAs in the city of New York that are not prosecuting aggressively. And this is why I say that we need a special firearms prosecutor to, to just work on firearm related crimes. Just like we did back in the late 80s and early 90s, we had a narcotics prosecutor when crack was at an epidemic level. Now guns are at an epidemic level and we need it to be pinpoint prosecution and have some sort of coordination within a criminal justice system. We don't have that now. Um, we have in our area the biggest heavyweights, political heavyweights in Albany, Andrea Stewart-Cousins and Carl Hasty. If they're watching right now, you know, she just said uh, Carl Hasty and Andrea, Andrea Stewart Cousins, heavyweights. They're both anti-police, both of them. So how are they heavyweights? They're not friends of the police. What would you like to say to them about bail reform? Fix the bail reform laws. Give judges the discretion they need to keep dangerous criminals in jail or recidivists in jail. And you said that Carl Hasty, his district has... A lot of problems right now. We've been telling them, we knew this wasn't going to work, and we've been telling them for over two years, but so, they're not listening. But he, he's not listening because he has 24-hour security? Well, they have security, and, and the bottom line is this, they're not adult enough to say they made a mistake. They made a mistake, let's fix it and move on. Uh, Detective Paul DiGiacomo from the Detectives Endowment Association, thank you so much. You know, uh, the Giacomo came up with some uh, pretty good points in regards to this. One of the things he spoke about, maybe having a special prosecutor for firearms. I got the solution, and they just did it up in Washington Heights with the Trinitarios gangs. Take all the gun crimes to the feds. Take them to the U.S. Attorney's Office. Do not let Bragg prosecute them, because he's just going to, we're going to lock the guys up for guns, and he's going to let them out the back door. So bring them to the feds where they will go to prison. They'll go to federal prison. And when a mope with a gun realizes he's getting prosecuted by the feds, he's going to be, you're going to see the tears flow down his face because they know that the feds don't play the way that the way the uh, Manhattan DA's office does. So there's the solution, uh, Detective uh, Paul Giacomo. And I'm sure you know this. Let's start taking all the gun cases to the feds. How do you think they'll like that? That has to be done on an executive level up at uh, perhaps the chief of the department's office, the chief of detective's office, in conjunction with the mayor, the police commissioner. Let's take all future gun arrests to the, to the uh, U.S. attorney's office. Alvin Bragg may be too busy. Maybe he can. Maybe he's too busy to... Uh, you know, to prosecute gun crime. You know, maybe he just doesn't have the time. The feds will have the time. Let's bring it to the U.S. Attorney's Office and uh, 
I think they'll do a good job. And I think that that'll take a bite out of gun crime in New York City. And, you know, just again, to reiterate, uh, at 11 o'clock today, Governor Hochul is going to do a, a, a tap dance about gun crime. And I guarantee she's going to talk about ghost guns, which have little or nothing to do with the gun crime in New York City. But she, that's, what she, that's how she gets her political mileage. She talks to her constituency, talks to her base, and they don't know anything about guns. So she's going to talk about gun crime and the iron pipeline. That iron pipeline. We got to stop that iron pipeline. No, you know something? What we have to stop is the guy that puts his finger on that trigger and pulls the trigger. That's what we have to stop. Not ghost guns, not the iron pipeline. And I know that's what your topic of your press conference is going to be today. You're going to talk about ghost guns. And I don't even know if you know what ghost guns are. So it's uh, sort of pathetic. This is how we started the show. And I just want to play it again because if this leads, if this incident where the Bronx cops, the 4-4 cops had bottles thrown at them, if this leads to changing this city, let's give them the credit. This could have been the catalyst. I'm trying to make an arrest. It happened on Sunday after the Bronx Dominican Day Parade wrapped up. CBS 2's Lisa Rosner has more now from the Grand Concourse. A crowd is seen yelling at officers as a man is walked away in handcuffs around 7.30 Sunday night at East 168th Street and Sheridan Avenue in the Bronx. The NYPD says officers were responding to a large group gathered there drinking, playing loud music, blocking the sidewalk, and being disorderly. From this video, seconds later, it appears one officer... You know, guys, I just want you to notice how these perps are up in the cops' faces with these cameras. Just just let me go back a little bit. I'm, I'm going to replay it. Watch how they're up in the faces of the cops, literally feet away with their cell phones sticking in their face. We're responding to a large group gathered there drinking, playing loud music, blocking the sidewalk. And See that? Look at that guy right there. He's got his camera a couple of feet away from that cop's face. That is that. Should that be allowed? You talk about rules of engagement. That is outrageous. disorderly. From this video, seconds later, it appears one officer comes back and throws another man to the ground and tensions escalate. The man in the yellow is seen punching a cop and then several glass bottles are thrown at officers. Video from another vantage point shows the person in yellow running away. There are more cops here. They were doing their job. I think uh, some people don't live in this area. It's pretty dangerous. So Usually people just stay inside. Police say officers approached one individual who tried to flee. Turns out he had a loaded firearm on him, and that's when officers tried to disperse the crowd. To think that people would think it's acceptable to throw anything at a police officer is outrageous. The police union tweeted, not shocking anymore, and that's a problem. NYC police officers are seeing this on a daily basis and added it needs more support from the justice system. We're going to identify the people who are responsible for that. We're going to bring them to justice. For me watching the video, that's a plot against the police. Greatest. You know, uh, Chief Jeffrey Madry, I understand you're a real good guy. You're a real cop's cop. But you know something, bringing these people to justice, what does that mean? We can lock them up. What is the DA's office going to do with them? They're going out the back door. And they have no more respect for a cop than they had the day before when it was sticking their cell phone in the cop's face and their compadres were throwing bottles at the cops. So I feel you, but you know something? Uh, 
they're not going to get justice. Staffing resources would have assisted in that particular situation. The NYPD is experiencing a monstrous amount of attrition in relation to officers leaving. The NYPD released these photos of seven individuals ages 20 to 25. They are asking the public to help them find. Police say this group is responsible for throwing the glass and one person did sustain cuts to their face and had to be taken to a hospital. In the Grand Concourse section of the Bronx, Lisa Rosner, CBS 2 News. So folks, we covered this story two days in a row and again, kudos to the 4-4 precinct cops. I think they did a fantastic job. Um, and you know something, you got to also realize that they are understaffed. They should have had double or triple the amount of cops. This guy here, excuse me, outstanding job, you know, standing your ground. Incredible job. And um, bravery. Bravery standing their ground. And, um, you know, back in the day, they would have had some other units backing them up, Bronx Task Force, the street crime unit. But the NYPD is cut to the bare minimum right now. Folks, thanks for listening. This is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon. I hope that uh, the story is getting through to everybody and uh, we'll do something about this. We can do it. One episode, just ain't enough.